Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. I want to welcome those who are joining us in the beacon. Thanks for being here. And also those joining us online. Thanks for watching. You know, you guys could be doing something else today, right? Besides coming to church, waking up early and coming to church. So I think God sees that. And I think he's going to meet you here today. I'm excited about today's message. Um, But I do want to announce that in two weeks, we are going to be sending our very, very first church plant. It's Gateway Vineyard Church. We got Tony and Katie Nanga and their daughter, Bella. So um, we're excited about this. And so in two weeks, we're going to be praying for them and their team as we send them off. They're going to start meeting on the north side of Elkhart is the eventual plan. But I think they're going to be at a church in Granger on Sunday nights, um, starting on Easter Sunday. So we will be praying for them next week. So I wouldn't, or I'm sorry, in two weeks. So just be planning on coming to that so you can help us send them off. And also we're going to be lifting an offering to financially bless them as well. So be praying about how much money God's asking you to set aside over the next couple of weeks to give to them uh, to bless that church plan. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So today I want to start off a message by asking a question as a kid, Did you ever ask your parents for something like you really wanted something? And so you asked your parents for it and maybe you actually got it. I remember um, when I was growing up, the very first video game ever came out. Do you guys know what that is? Pong. (laughs) I heard Donkey Kong, Pac-Man. Pong. Yeah, this is the very first video game. It looked like that. It was pretty exciting. And uh, I, I... it's so exciting. I thought I'm going to actually play a little video of uh, some gameplay. So let's watch this video so we can get an idea of how exciting this game was. That's the full graphics. Look at it. It has sound as well. You see that? That's That was it. That's how you score. Some of you are like, really? Did someone play this? Yeah, we actually did for hours. Now, what I didn't do was I think he's going to score another point here. It just Yep. See, there you go. There's two points. Um, What I didn't show was the next point where it actually goes back and forth and it gets faster. Right. I mean, do you guys remember that? I'm the only one. And that was super exciting though. My parents bought it for me and my brothers and I was so happy. I asked for it. Didn't think I'd get it and ended up getting that, that really fun video game. I think you can download it for your phones for later if you want to play it. So now when I was in high school, it was really important for us as a team to match. This is a picture of me in my junior year. You see how important it is that we all look alike, right? We're the same colors. You're trying to find me, right? Is that it? I know you're staring at it. Number 22. That was me. If you have a hard time finding it, I was working on my mullet. That was my sophomore year. So I was working on it. it over time, it, it actually grew in. Um, but my junior year, our team shoe was Air Jordans. Here's a picture of them. And uh, man, they were super sweet. And I didn't think that we were going to get it because we couldn't afford it. You know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. And my, I asked my parents where I said, hey, and we, this is our team shoe. We all need to wear it. And it was like, I don't know, 50 bucks or something. It was a lot of money back then. Probably worth about 300 now or more. But um, 
but they bought it for me and I was super excited about that. And then recently uh, we were down in Florida and um, my wife and I went on vacation and it was like the perfect weather, mid eighties, like the whole week. Again, I'm trying not to brag too much. I know some of you haven't had a vacation in a long time, but just be happy for me for a minute. All right. We had a good time. So anyway, so we're down in Florida and I said, you know what would be really nice? We had this cheap rental car. I said, what if we just rented a convertible for the afternoon and just drove up and down the coast? And I, and I asked Rose about it and she said, okay, we can do that. I was super excited. So uh, I got online and found Sarasota slingshots. This is what a slingshot looks like. You guys have probably seen one of these driving around town. I'm like, oh, I'm going to rent one of those for the afternoon. And uh, so I did all the stuff online and gave him my credit card info, all that stuff. And then we drove to our, our location and it was a parking garage. It was really strange. And there were two of these parked there. And the email I had received, I, I now decided to read it because I didn't, hadn't read it beforehand, said, you need to take pictures of the slingshot, take pictures of yourself, take pictures of your of your driver's license and then send it to, text it to this number. This sounds really sketchy, right? I mean, it was really sketchy. And then they will text you um, the code to a lockbox behind the, the seat. And there's the key. And then you can drive it away. I said, all right. So I did all these pictures, took a picture of my license, texted it and waited. And I, said, I texted and said, hey, I, I need the code. Can you send me the code? I asked for it, asked for it. And I never got the code. I was so disappointed. So we ended up driving down the coast in our cheap rental car instead. And uh, I got a text like two hours later. Hey, sorry, my, my cell phone was, re I don't know, something. I had to go to the store and get it fixed. And I said, oh, whatever. So anyway, but I was really disappointed, right? Because you asked for something. Just give me the code. I just need four numbers. That's all I need. And, and we can have this wonderful time. And I didn't get it. And I was so disappointed. But you know, that's the way it is in life, right? Sometimes we get what we ask for, right? And then sometimes we don't. And it can be really exciting when we get what we receive. I mean, what we ask for. And it can be really disappointing when we don't get what we ask for. This is true in life, but it's also true in our spiritual life as well. If you've been a follower of Jesus for a little while, I'm guessing you've prayed some prayers and you've asked God for some things. And it's super exciting when, when we feel like God answers our prayers and we, we get what we ask for. And it can be really disappointing when we ask for something and we don't, we don't see God moving in it. Well, prayer was an incredibly popular topic when Jesus was here on earth as well. Jesus taught about prayer. He talked about prayer. He told stories about prayer. He modeled prayer. It was really important. It was something that he wanted his disciples to understand, this concept of when we pray, when we talk to God, when we ask him for things. He wanted his disciples to be able to pray more effectively. Well, today, we're going to be looking at a section of scripture where Jesus talks specifically about prayer, how to pray, um, and gave us some keys on, on how to be more effective in our prayers as well. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 11, and you can turn there if you would like in your Bibles. And while you're turning there, just a reminder, we are in a series called The Good Stuff. 
During this series, we're studying just the words of Jesus. We're looking at what he said, what he did. And I consider that, you know, that's the, the center of the Oreo cookie. It's the good stuff. And it's, it's what's in our, our Bibles today. And we're going to be studying that. And last week, our message was titled Merciful Response, Doing What Jesus Did. And it was a message about Jesus's response, his actions and his words when someone was brought to him who had been caught in the act of adultery. And so if you missed that message, you can still watch it online. Uh, just go to our website or go to our Facebook page. Sorry. All right, so we'll be in Luke chapter 11. Now in this section of scripture, uh, it includes a pretty famous passage called the Lord's Prayer. And most of us, if you've been around the church for a while, probably know the Lord's Prayer um, you might know it in the NIV, you might know it in the King James, you might know it in the New King James, but we all kind of recognize the, the Lord's Prayer. Many of us do when, when we'll read this. But uh, today I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation just to change things up a little bit, because sometimes we just glance right over sections of scripture that we've heard before. And so this gives us a little bit different uh, perspective on that section of scripture. So we'll be in Luke chapter 11, starting with verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. So that section there is known as the Lord's Prayer. And I could teach a whole series just on that. But we're going to actually go on and read the, the next section of Scripture. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. So today's message is titled, Answered Prayers, Insights on Praying More Effectively. And I'm going to give us a couple of points from this scripture where I think will help us in our prayer life. Uh, but if you would, pray with me as I pray for the message. So Lord, uh, we thank you for the gift of prayer that we can speak directly to you, Father. It's just miraculous that we can do that, Lord. So, Lord, we do ask, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be here today, that you would speak through me to the rest of us, Lord, and that you would open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to hear from you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so you, if you have a handout, you can fill these in on your handout if you'd like. Point number one, we can all pray more effectively when we, number one, recognize the urgency recognize the urgency. So, so picture this story. 
this, this, the guy who ends up um, asking for bread, he's, he's at his house, a neighbor comes or a friend comes from a long journey and uh, comes in at midnight and he's dusty and he's dirty and he's thirsty and I'm sure he's hungry. And so he wants to feed his friend. He wants to give him something to eat, but it's midnight. The markets are closed. This isn't like today, right? There isn't 24-hour Walmarts. There, you know, there aren't uh, gas stations that are open all through the night. I mean, there's nothing. And in fact, if you go back to that time, they don't have refrigerators. They don't have canned foods. I mean, so they, they literally make their food for today every day. That's what they do. So he probably has some grain that needs to be ground up and then made into flour. And then you got to let it rise. And then you got to bake it. You got to get a fire going to somehow bake it. I mean, we're talking about hours worth of work to get some bread. And so he's thinking, what do I do? Everything's closed. My friend's hungry. What do I do? And so he goes, I know I'm going to go over to my, my neighbor's house because this is important. The guy is hungry. My friend is hungry. I'm going to go over to my neighbor's house and I'm going to wake him up. And I'm going to borrow bread from him because he knows that his friend needs food. His visitor needs food. He recognizes the urgency to go and bother somebody else. Does that make sense? It's an urgent matter. He makes all the noise, creates all the commotion because of the urgency. This past week, Pastor Stanley Lonathan from Uganda contacted me. Um, he's uh, responsible for um, about 100, 120 orphans over in Uganda. They're in a refugee camp, and he takes care of them, has been taking care of them for over 10 years. And uh, it's something we've supported. I've supported personally. I've been over there many times. And so Pastor Stanley knows that we as a church set aside 10% of everything that we uh, receive for outreach and missions. And so we've supported him in the past with these children. But he came to us and he said, or he sent me an email and he asked for some things for these children. He asked for 20 mattresses. I think we have a list, uh, a bale of shorts, that's, which is like a hundred pairs of shorts. It's like a bale. They bale it all up. A bale of blouses, t-shirts, cooking pots, 50 blankets, Shoes for the high school students, um, and then flip-flops for the rest of the younger children. The total cost for this, because we're talking about enough for 100, 120 children, is about $2,500. That's what he was asking for. And he was reluctant to ask for so much, because he doesn't like to bother me. He's asked for, for things in the past, and, and I know Pastor Stanley, he's, he doesn't like to ask for money. But here, this was part of his conversation with me. This was a text. He said, Please see what you can help us with as the list is long. Thank you very much, Pastor Stanley. He wasn't expecting us to, to buy everything. He just said, this is what we need. Can you help us out with any of it? So I, of course, said, uh, we'll, we'll take care of all of it, Pastor Stanley. And his response was, I was concerned that this is a lengthy list. Thank you very much. Pastor Stanley didn't want to ask. You can kind of read it in there. He's just like, I, I know this is a lot but there's a sense of urgency behind it. I mean, if, if I don't get these things, then we're going to have some children going to school without shoes. We're going to have some children who, who don't have their own blanket at night, and, and it gets cold at night over in Uganda. We're going to have kids that are going to school in tattered clothes. Pastor Stanley understood the urgency, and it was, it was because of that urgency 
that he was willing to make the request. Does that make sense? He understood it. So he was, I need to ask. I need to ask Lighthouse if they can help us out with this. So here's a question for each of us. When we pray, when we pray, do we recognize the urgency? Or do we pray just nonchalantly? One of my pet peeves, honestly, is in prayer to be timid when we pray. And I'll be honest, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. But there's just something that sometimes that we just, oh, that we pray like this. We say, Lord, we just ask maybe in your goodness, you might look down from heaven and possibly have mercy on us and perhaps maybe just grant our request. You ever been there? I know I have. If the prayer is worth bothering the God of the universe, then we should understand that this, this is worth praying. We don't need to be timid in our prayers. We don't need to be wishy-washy. Hebrews 4.16 says this, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When we pray, we need to approach God with confidence, with boldness, not with timidity. Now, um, I found this story in the Old Testament about King Jehoshaphat, and uh, he has a desperate situation, and he prays a prayer of desperation. And, and what I want to do is just learn a little bit on how he prayed and, and the sense of urgency in his prayers. So King Jehoshaphat um, is surrounded by the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and Meunites. They declare war, and it actually says um, that there were so many people, just vast army out there coming against them, and the people were terrified. So the first thing King Jehoshaphat does is he calls a, a citywide fast. Let's all fast, and we're going to pray. And then he comes together, has people come with him together, and then he prays this prayer. Listen to the urgency in this. He, see, he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the, are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who fixed, who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamities, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see that the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. There's some bold statements in there. I mean, you could even say that he, he called God out a couple of times. He said, didn't you give this land to Abraham's descendants forever? 
Meaning, why would we get driven out? You gave it to Abraham's, our descendants forever. Didn't you say we can cry out to you and you will save us? Oh, our God, won't you stop them? I mean, there's, there's a boldness there because of the sense of urgency. Well, you might go, well, God certainly wouldn't answer that prayer. He's too bold, right? He's not meek enough. But that's not what happened. God does answer his prayer. The next day, they marched out, and God caused those three armies to fight against each other. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 24, this is what they found. And so when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. We can learn from that. God answered King Jehoshaphat's bold prayer. So I just want you to think about the last time you prayed. Just think about it. Did you have a sense of urgency? Did you express that sense of urgency? Because when we, when we pray, we should get excited. We should sense the importance of our words. Here's your feeling. When we pray, we should get all riled up. You know, riled up. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to do that. So you got to recognize the urgency. Why am I praying? What am I asking for? Especially if you're praying for somebody's salvation, man, get an understanding of what happens if they don't find Jesus. Spending eternity in hell, man, that's a reason to get riled up. Man, Lord, I want to pray for their heart. I want to pray for their destiny. I want to pray for their eternal destiny. Let's get riled up. So that's point number one. We can all pray more effectively when we recognize the urgency. And here's the second point. We can all pray more effectively when we persist beyond the point of embarrassment. Embarrassment has two R's and two S's, by the way. I always forget that. I know you don't have spell check on your handouts. But to stay at it until, it's, until others think that you should be giving up. Now, in our scripture, let's just kind of go back to this. Jesus says that the friend won't get out of bed and help him because of their friendship. Uh, verse 7 says, the friend says, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. That could have been the end of the story, right? I mean, he went there. Hey, can you help me? No, I can't. We're all in bed. I got the dog laying on top of me. And you know what happens if I push the dog off of me, right? It's going to be a mess. It's going to be forever before I get him back to sleep. You know, no, we can't help you. But the man asking for bread doesn't take no for an answer. He doesn't give up. He persists. Verse 8 says, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. So I looked up the word shameless persistence in the Greek, and it's this word, anadia. And here's a definition of it that says, literally, shamelessness 
and relates to carrying out God's plan with unembarrassed boldness. No shame without embarrassment is the shamelessness a faithful believer has who is not who is not be halted by human fears. Even when others cry, overdone, accuse them of being extreme or excessive. In this story, the, the man didn't care that he was making a ruckus. He didn't care that it was midnight. He just was desperate. He knew he needed bread. And so the first answer he gets is no. And so he goes, hey, no, no, really, I, I need bread. My friend is hungry. Hey, and the neighbors are yelling, hey, it's midnight. Be quiet. Go to bed. No, I'm, I need some bread. What? The kids are all asleep. You can't. I'm going to wake them up. I'm going to keep pounding on this door until you come down. That's what we're talking about. And Jesus told us to pray like that to his father in heaven. That's the way we're supposed to persist in prayer. Just keep on knocking to the point of embarrassment. Guys, this isn't the only time that Jesus told us to do this. There's another story later on in chapter 18. I'm going to turn there and read that as well. Where Jesus tells the same kind of story about prayer. That's Luke 18, um, verse 1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that you should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see what she, I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Judge, Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. Jesus says, you want something from our Father in heaven, keep knocking. Keep pounding on the door. Keep crying out. And I, and I thought that was pretty good day and night, day and night. Because, you know, many of us, I think, have a, a time during the day that we set aside for prayer, you know, re- maybe reading our Bible. Um, but, you know, this, this is kind of key. It's day and night. It's not just, don't just pick one time during the day to cry out to God. Cry out more than once. Cry out several times. I want to give you uh, an example of this from earlier this year. Um, at the beginning of the year, we, we talked about our word for 2021, and that's to go, go into all the world and make disciples. And the whole idea is evangelism is to tell others about Jesus. That's the whole idea. And so we set aside 21 days. We did in January, we did a 21 day fast. Many of you joined us in that uh, where we fasted and prayed. 
for the lost, for those who are far away from God. And we prayed, excuse me, that God would soften their hearts and that they would be open to the message of salvation. And so we did that for 21 days. And then on Tuesday nights, we've continued to pray. We have open prayer every Tuesday night and we continue to pray for the lost. In fact, this last Tuesday, we had a bold prayer in that, in that group prayer. We just said, Lord, give us the city of Elkhart. Every lost person in the city of Elkhart, everyone who is far from God. In fact, Elkhart County, give us everyone in Elkhart County that is far from God. Let us truly become the county, the city with a heart, a heart for Jesus, right? I mean, so we, we're praying bold, bold prayers. Well, God is answering those prayers. I just want you guys to know that. I, I appreciate many of you are praying those prayers and continue to pray those prayers. Um, as you can see, hopefully you can see it on the camera too. We have six flowers up here because what we do is every time this year, um, someone turns their heart to Jesus, whether it's for the first time or, you know, uh, um, or they turn their heart to Jesus again, recommit their lives. We, we put a flower up here to represent new birth, new life. And uh, this past week, we had six people give their lives to Jesus or turn their hearts to Jesus. Yeah, that's amazing. Student ministries and services and home groups. I mean, God is moving all over the place. And I believe it's because we're crying out to God. And we're going to be persistent. I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up on this prayer. This is the year to go and make disciples. And so we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep celebrating. And, and every week, you know, look for the flower. See if there's somebody this past week who gave their life to Jesus. God is answering those prayers because of our heart for urgency and our persistence. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. So here's a question for you to ask yourself. What prayers have I stopped praying? I've been there. There's been those times when, Lord, I've been praying this prayer for years. I just, I just think I'm done. I don't know that we should be done unless God says we're done. We shouldn't stop praying just because it's been years. Let's be persistent in those prayers. Don't, let's not give up. God really does want to give us good gifts. He really does want to answer our prayers. But now let me just remind us, God is not a magic genie in a bottle that we can rub and he'll just come out and grant every request. That's not the way God works. In the same way that a, a good parent doesn't give their child every single thing they want, right? Because the, why is that? Because the parent knows better. The parent knows what's best for the child, what's, knows what's best for the family, knows what's best for the situation. And so a good parent doesn't grant every request to a child. God doesn't grant every request. But Jesus did say, persistence is key. Not just once, he said it twice. Keep praying. Keep asking. Keep fasting day and night. Keep taking your requests to God. And I believe if we don't give up, we will see more answers to our prayers. Here's your last fill-in. The answer to your prayers might be right around the corner. Might be right around the corner. So that was our second 
point. We can all pray more effectively when we persist beyond the point of embarrassment. I'm going to turn ministry time over to the beacon right now. If you guys would all stand and invite Will, come on up. We're going to sing a song to close the goodness of God, right? We're just going to, we're going to remind ourselves in this song and we're going to be kind of like King Jehoshaphat reminding God of his goodness and his promises to us. All right. So just, just um, let me pray and then I'll give it over to Will. So God, we come to you and just thank you for your goodness. And God, I pray that you would speak to us about who you are and your character, Father, and your desire to answer our prayers, Lord, as we sing this song. Let's just think all my life. It's a really simple chorus. If you're familiar with it, sing along. If you haven't heard it, you'll learn quick. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Let's sing that again all my life. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Because your goodness is running. And your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Sing that again, your goodness. And your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life. And all my life you have been faithful. Yes, God. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God.
Sing that last line. I will sing. I will sing of the goodness of God. One more time. And I will sing of the goodness of God. All right, so what I want to do is I just want to pray for anyone who you've become weary in your prayers. You know, it might be you've been praying the same thing for weeks or months or maybe even years, and you, you just haven't seen God show up in it. And so you've either already given up or you're close to giving up. Uh, we just want to come alongside of you and kind of just help support you um, to not give up, to just keep praying. All right. So if that's you, just raise your hand. Is there anyone? All right. Just raise it up high. All right. Church family, see those people. I want to have a hand on the shoulder of everyone with their arm up. Okay. So move around, church family. Put a hand on the shoulder of everyone who's got a hand up. Don't breathe in their face or anything. All right. Let's just put a hand on the shoulder over here. We need someone over here. Wendy, can you? Open? All right. Got your hands up. Keep your hands up. Everyone got a hand on the shoulder. All right. So let's just pray. Father, we pray for every single person who raised their hands, God. <laughs> if we can be so bold, God, just to remind you, you're a good, good father. You are faithful. You are just. You are loving. You want to give good gifts to your children, Lord. So, Lord, we pray for each person who's got their hand up, Lord. I pray that you would answer their prayers, God. That they would see you move, Father. Now, I do know that sometimes the answer is no, because a good parent doesn't give their child everything they want. Everything they want. I understand that, God. But I pray that they would receive an answer. They would see you move. They would hear from you and they would know if they're supposed to keep asking for that or if they're supposed to move on, God, that you would answer that prayer for them. But Lord, I do pray for persistence for each one of them, Lord. Let them continue to pray and not give up. As we trust, God, that you will, you will answer their prayers, God. All right, so God, we thank you for everyone that's here today. I pray, Lord, that you would go with us as we leave and that we would be taking the light of Jesus everywhere we go, Father. We thank you for the six people who committed or recommitted their lives to you this week. I pray a special blessing on each one of them as well. Go with us now as we leave in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thanks for being here today, guys. If you want prayer for anything specifically, come on up and sit in the front row. We'd be glad to pray with you. But thank you so much for being here. Have a great week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.